anything off the air that you want to know about the book to help guide or you're just going to totally do it organic? I think I'm going to totally do it organically. And the only reason why I'm going to do that is because I think it'll give us a natural flow. Yeah, tell me, because I don't. So you are new to DKX. Let me tell you about myself. Okay, yeah. I'm new to DKX. I actually work for the Catholic Family Center of Greater Rochester. Okay. I'm the director of workforce development. We have a youth build program. So I came in here to promote the youth build program because we needed to recruit some more students. We walked in here. I got here early because I am, you know, yeah, I was that. raised 15 minutes early. You on right. time, you on time, you late. I got that in my head. Got here and met Andre and he, I said, I'm Deborah Campbell. He said, oh, you must, no, he said, you must be the boss because you're on time. And I said, yeah, I'm Deborah Campbell. And... I sat down behind the mic, and it was like love for me just to have the opportunity. It Something in me came alive, wow. really. It was like a passion just opened like up. Awakened that like awakening even... that I didn't even know existed till I sat behind the mic. And I said, and I, I remember, and I'm, for me, I think in my head, but sometimes it just comes out, and I was like, this right here is giving me so much life. And Andre and I just connected from a standpoint of just energy and music, and we just got a, a mutual fan club wow, going like a on synergy right going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like a Whoa, synergy. Whoa, that is excellent. And I've had people who've asked me, um, do y'all practice this, or did you know Andre beforehand? And so how, long like, has it no. been? how long has it been now? I've been doing this for a little over a month. That's in October. Wow. Just at the end of October. I'd never met Andre before. Never. I'd, um, I may have been to the radio station, like, in the parking lot. Right, You know, right, right, you know what right. I mean, like a turnaround thing. But I'd never been inside the station, mm. been listening to DKX since it started. Yeah. And that's just how this but right. came up, this just came about. Wow. So, yeah. So, I, it, this to me is like, this is everything to me. This, wow. This, this, is, this is like my other, this is like myself, um uninhibited if, mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. if you want to say it like that because then I don't have to I love that. put on airs you know what I mean and I don't do it anyway I tell people I meet every day all day what you see is what you get mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I don't fake it for nobody right so right right get. I love that story so yeah so we're gonna start so um I like to welcome everyone to cookies podcast and this is an exciting moment for me because this is the very first one, and I am pleased to have with me Leslie C. Youngblood, the author of Love Like Sky. Cookie, I am so pleased to be here. Thank you for hosting me. Oh, you're welcome. So before we get into the book, okay, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Because I do know that you were raised in Rochester, Okay. So tell me a little bit about your your um, life here, and then I know you moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. Okay, I'm I'm happy to do that. Actually, I was born in a little town called Bogalusa, Louisiana. Oh, okay. So I was born in Bogalusa, raised there till I was five. Uh, my mom had moved to Rochester in, in pursuit of a, a better opportunity, like a lot of people did um, during that time. So 
my mom was living in Rochester. So at the age of five, of course, she wanted me to start school right. in um, Rochester in New York as opposed to um, Bogalusa, Louisiana. So, um, I, so I've been actually raised in Rochester since I was five. So I suppose that is, so I consider it home. I consider anytime someone says you're going home, it's always been Rochester. Now, after I graduated from high school, I went off to college in Atlanta, Georgia. So from Atlanta, I still considered Rochester home because my mom was here, my family was here. So I'm rooted here as well as Louisiana. So that is just how I'm grounded in Rochester. My family's here, high school, elementary school, Rochester. Then I went away to Atlanta for, um, for uh, school and then also my master's, my MFA in Greensboro, University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Okay, so what, so when you were deciding on a major mm -hmm. for school, did you pick um, something related to writing? Did you major in something totally different and discovered writing or was it a childhood pastime? Well, that's an excellent question. The thing is that a lot of people do not believe, and, it, and it's true in some sense, that they can make a living from writing. So to say that I was encouraged to pursue a career as an author, you know, when I was young is, isn't, isn't true. So what happened when I went off to school, I was into fashion design. For some reason, and, and that's the furthest thing from my mind now is, is fashion, but um, I always loved to write. But it was nothing that I ever saw as a career. Um, I wasn't exposed to a lot of in-person authors, like a lot of us at that age. Um, I didn't know any authors. I've, so I didn't know that was really a, a career for me until I was probably in Atlanta in pursuing um, an English degree, because I just love words. Right. And then finally what happened, I'll tell you, I am... Um, I, someone, I, was, I was a receptionist at a government agency in Atlanta, working my way through night school at Georgia State at this time. And a, a secretary gave me a copy of James Baldwin's Go Tell It on the Mountain. Oh, yes. She gave me a copy because I was at, you know, I was doing my homework on, on, at the reception desk. I was reading magazines, just stuff like that. She said, hey, here's a book you might, you, you might enjoy. So I sat there, and that day I practically finished the book. That morning I finished, I finished it, and I tell you, I changed my major to creative writing that evening. I went wow. to that book has such an effect on me. Um, it, it really taught me that the emotions you can evoke with writing. So James Baldwin's Go Tell It on a Mountain changed my life and pretty much directed my course to, to where I am now. So now tell me a little bit about, you know, once you decided to change your major from English to creative writing. Yes. Um, I also know that you have a master's in fine arts. So how did you, why did you decide to go for the master's degree instead of just jumping right into writing? What did you need from that? Well, you know, I'll be honest, and there are a lot of fine writers who are very successful with, without the degree, so I don't want that to, um, 
to cause anyone pause who, who, who doesn't seek to have a degree. So don't let that limit you. And, and let me just clarify, I did have, I had a major in marketing, and then I changed my major from a degree in English with a concentration in, in creative okay, writing. Okay, okay. So, so that's what, because it was a turnaround from a, a business marketing major to English, because I had always heard you're never going to get a job if you have an English major or something of that nature. So I was trying to do something business related and not following a, my true passion. Um, so reading James Baldwin totally switched that around for me. So now at this point, reading James Baldwin opened up many doors. Of course, Toni Morrison and, and all the great writers um, that were available to me that, that I just had not you know, ventured into, unfortunately. So once I started reading, I would look at the um, biographies or, or the bios of people um, that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And I, cons I consistently saw uh, MFA. And I said to myself, okay, this must be a path um, to go if, if I'm interested in, in publishing, um, traditionally like these writers have. So there it was. So that's how I really decided to pursue it further, um, just really being exposed to people who had these masters of fine arts. Right. And, and I just decided to go that path. So I know that um, you didn't immediately start writing this book, Love Like Sky. Oh, but no. I, I, I do <laughs> know that you were a professor for uh, a bit. Could you tell me a little bit about that and how... What was that experience like? So what happens once when I, I, was, I received full funding to study for my master's, so based on my portfolio, and this is what I really would love for people to know, that writing provides so many avenues for you. So say, for instance, when I decided to that I wanted to pursue my master's, I just started to write. And based on the merit of that writing, I was awarded a, a full ride to University of North Carolina at Greensboro um, to study for to study my MFA in creative writing. So that just meant that everything was paid for and, and all I needed to do was concentrate for those two years on producing work. So that was an absolute uh, blessing for me. Now, once you complete that, once you complete your MFA, you're giving what they you're given what what is called a lectureship. Okay. A lectureship places you in the classroom. So that is one of the benefits of going through that MFA. It is what they call a terminal degree, which means you can teach at the university level um, immediately with, with your MFA. Um, at, you know, before people did the PhD in creative writing, which is fairly new, the MFA, which is slightly different from a, a master's, a MFA is a was the, the highest that you could go in the creative writing field. Uh, but now they do have a PhD in creative writing. So once um, once I was given that lectureship for two years, mm -hmm. that put me in the classroom and gave me my first exposure to not only uh, teaching literature, but teaching creative writing as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Now let's talk about this book, <laughs> okay. Love Like Sky. First yes. of all, that title is just, it, it invokes a lot of thought. Because yes. when I look at it, you, first of all, you have to see the cover. It's a cover of this little black girl. Mm -hmm. And she's looking like thoughtfully. Um, 
You know, and I, can I add one thing about sure. the cover? The cover is by an illustrator called Vashti Harrison, and she is amazing. Uh, Vashti has several books out now. They're picture books, um, and it's the Little Leader series. There's picture books of called the Little Leaders and Little Dreamers, and these picture books feature African-American um, civil rights um, mm-hmm. activists, Af- African-American um, historic figures when they were younger. And the book is, is, it was just a blessing for Disney to connect me with the illustrator who's doing such great things. So I do want to always give her credit for that particular cover. Well, it's a beautiful cover. It, it, it really is um, one of those book covers that when you look at it, mm-hmm. you know, as a mom, this is a book that I would have given to my children to read, you know, my, my daughters and my son. So tell me a little bit about the title. Why did you pick that title? Oh, the title invokes just so much for me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share a personal story. I, I did lose a brother, unfortunately, to um, a, a, a tragic inc- a, a murder here in, in Rochester. Unfortunately, he was tragically killed. Um, and my brother's name was Samuel Griffin, and I do dedicate the book to him. So while I wrote the book, I was actually in the grieving process. And when you're grieving and you're writing, sometimes it's your lifeline. You're trying to survive. You're, you're, you're trying to keep your sanity, and I was also teaching. So now prior to that, I had written four novels that, that aren't that were not published but what happened is that I do believe this connection from my brother and trying to understand that the spirit still lives you know and understanding that you know even even though he was murdered here um we have to find a way that that we know that that he still lives with us so I started writing about a sibling bond and even though, of course, the, the book is fictional and the book deals with primarily two, two little girls, I do believe when I wrote that scene, Love Like Sky, which is basically the little girls, the older girl, Georgie, is trying to express to her younger sister, Peaches, that their love from their parents doesn't dissipate because the parents are divorced. So right. Georgie says, you know, how do you, how do you know that? And, and Georgie um, says to her little sister, she says, because love isn't like that. And Peaches says, well, well how is it then? And, and Georgie says, love is like gasoline. You know, when we keep, when we're in the car and we're driving and driving, gas, it runs out, right? Yes, that's why we have to go to the gas station. Right. But have you ever seen the sky run out? No matter how far we go, whenever we look up, the sky is still there. You know what? That is so beautiful because I remember um, my son, Malcolm, used to tell me, Mom, I love you. As big as the sky. As big as the sky. And I think that right there really makes it conceptual 
for to, kids for kids especially that, especially and even for some adults, adults. because you know mm-hmm. we lose family members and loved ones all the time right. and you know it sometimes we get stuck mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that sense in, in that grief process so how did writing this book help you move from that grieving process into being able to put put all of that hurt and pain into a story well you know what i what i first learned is that you know grieving is such a process and and i did read a quote where you don't really you don't really get over grief as as i'm sure you know but you move forward with it and so moving forward with it i have to channel it in the most positive way that i could and and i do that on a a, a consistent basis i'm channeling it in my work i channel it just in the way i try to live my life but the the book has given me um, just something to physically dedicate to my brother. Right. That's that's one of the ways. And you know, I was at um, a, a school recently here in um, I think Long Ridge uh, Elementary in in Greece, and um, it a little kid came up to me and said, "I lost my dad, and I love him like Sky." And when I hear kids relate. Um, and when I hear the fact that they read the book and, and their parents have also divorced or they're in a blended family and they relate to Georgie and they relate to Peaches, I feel my brother's spirit with that. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I feel that in the midst of that grief that I've created this, this book that can help other people. And now keep in mind, the book doesn't deal... Um, head on with 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 grief it just it deals with various various issues but just the mind the space that I wrote it I believe that it's it's a a thoughtful way to help kids work through a lot of issues and I think and they have fun as well right and it was a beautiful (laughs) way to honor your brother yes you know honor your brother your his memory your love for him just and, all of that. And, and all my siblings, and, you know. siblings exactly. are The sibling bond is a beautiful bond. And and I have um, uh, several siblings, and, and I love them dearly. And I just, and I think that people who have experienced that bond, this 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 image of love like sky or, or this uh, metaphor would, would just help them. This is really, this is, um, you know, and the reason why this is moving me, you know, is... Last year, my brothers and sister uh, and I lost our parents. And as siblings, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, we struggled for a while to kind of um, bring that connection because everyone is dealing with the death of a loved one differently. They do. So this this whole idea of, um, you know, bringing that connection back and understanding that love is really that important and it is like sky is it is really kind of calming in a way because it shows that love never runs out it never ends that's what she says in the book the the little sister says it, it never ends and the sister says never and you know and taking it to uh, some often when parents divorce or, or when parents are, are are at each other, they right. forget that the kids are looking and the kids are wondering, 
is there something is it something that I did you know because daddy doesn't live here or mommy doesn't live here anymore does their love change so did you um just to ask a personal question did you come from a blended family mm-hmm. I was I was raised in a blended family um my stepdad um Winston Raby is has been in my life for you know 30 odd years and, and it's been a blessing so he's one of those stepdads they come and, and they stay and and that is that's been a blessing to me. So it is from my personal experience, and and I really believe that most authors who write fiction, in some shape, form, or fashion, take their personal experiences and fictionalize them to some degree. And some writers may disagree, but I would want a pieces of me, pieces of my life in my fiction. Um, that's how I think I connect. That's how I think I make it authentic. And 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 that means that no one else could write this book. You can you can have another book, name it Love Light Sky, fine. But unless you can bring the 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 authenticity to it, then then you know I don't. No one else can do that but you. Right. So that makes every writer special. So um, when you were growing up and you were in this blended family, Mm -hmm. um, was there a relationship with your dad? Um, and your mom, did you see that struggle? And the reason why I'm asking is, um, I was, I had children, um, in a blended family. You know, I had two stepdaughters. I gave birth to two children Mm -hmm. and then I brought a son into, um, the relationship. So we were a strong blended family. Right. So how, so what did you see your parents doing? Um, that really created that bond for you. You, you know, when, when you were talking about your stepfather, you kind of smiled a little bit. And so yeah. what did he do or what did your mom or your dad do that kind of helped solidify that 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 feeling? Because I can feel it, <laughs> you know, coming from well, you. Well, here's the thing, and this is definitely, you know, and I, and I, and I don't mind. I like to be an author who's transparent. You know, personally, I don't, it never had a relationship with my biological father. Okay. I, I've never had that. So when I speak on a, a, a stepdad, I and, and keep well back up the fact that I've never had an actual relationship with my biological father, and I've written a young girl who not only has the love of a biological father but a stepfather. So I've given this girl all of that, the love from both. Um, fathers, and sometimes when you're writing, um, you don't. You're actually maybe healing yourself as well. Right. Writing is therapeutic, and and that could be what I was, what I was, what I was doing. You know, even though I, I wasn't aware of it when I was in the process of writing, but I, I'm I'm happy that I've, I've given a, a girl um, two um, fathers who love her, and and also a mom and a stepmom who, who love her. And as, as we know, not always the case. That, exactly. But I've seen struggles, and I, I've, I've seen um, how these relationships can play out. And even to bring it, you know, to current times, we can just turn on one, sec- one moment of reality TV, and we see how the media plays on these negative images of, of especially black parents using these children as, as pawns in and, and their games and and even though I, I, it's not all roses and love light sky. Of course, there's some discourse there, right. um, but it's um, 
they work through it. Right. And and they always know that the kids are watching. Right. But that but that's and I think sometimes as adults, right. we need to remember that. And you know, those were those parental relationships mm-hmm. between uh, young girls and young boys they need that they do because that's what allows us or helps us grow up to be men and women who know how to love and then give that love back to uh their children. Right. And, you know, and that's another reason why reading in general is so important. You know, getting kids to read outside of what they may consider their comfort zone, reading outside of their experiences. Like, I will have um, uh, parents come up to me and says, well, you know, we're not a blended family. So, but you're a family. Yeah, you're a family, and to read about maybe her best friend is from a blended family. Mm-hmm. Books teach children to empathize, to, to have empathy is one of the greatest things that we can teach someone. This experience may not be yours, but you can understand it, you or you can try right, to understand right. it. And so, you know, you don't have to have, you may be a what they call a quote-unquote intact family, but to read about someone else's experience opens doors for kids. So it really does, I like that word, empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thought that came to mind is compassion. Oh, definitely compassion. Sometimes when you know someone's story, Mm -hmm. it changes how you see them. Right. And it also puts more light on your story. You know, to to see the struggle that Georgie and Peaches are going through, if those are not your stories um, and, and... that is not your particular circumstance, compassion comes in. Um, and that is what, especially kids, and the book is what they call middle grade, which is targeted to 8 to 12-year-olds primarily. And within that age range, that is a time where they need to to learn about their classmates, learn about um, different experiences. So the book is, is not, a, I would say, a quote-unquote easy read. It's challenging. Right. It's realistic fiction, and, and purposely so. But I think this would also be an opportunity for parents to spend time with their children reading the book reading, and reading talking together. about it. Reading and, together, you know, reading definitely. together. Right. And, and, and really um, spending time with yeah. them. Discussion, bonding, you know, family time. I, you know, all of that is, is definitely what reading in general, I mean, Love Light Sky, definitely a lot of, uh, when I'm at book signings, people will come up to me, oh, um, my son and I read this together, my daughter and I read this together, and, and we had such great discussion because it, it deals with a lot of different issues, not just blended family, it deals with bullying. Um, there's some instance of um, police brutality, not, you know, middle grade appropriate, of course, of course but yeah. anything that's realistic I that these girls face, I, I tried to modify it in a way that, it is digestible for kids at this right. age, but it's for kids of all ages, you know. Right. Adults read it as well, and I, I love them. Thank you. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, do you have any other works in process now? Or? Well, you know, um, back to, you know, when I signed the deal with Disney, it was a two-book deal. So, and landing that deal with Disney was, was and I, I was actually in Rochester. Okay. And let me back up. When I was, um, after I lost my brother, I was still teaching at the University of, uh, um, at Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. So I was teaching and I was going through the, you know, just just trying to figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that 
I couldn't give my students what I know they deserved and what they needed, I decided it was time to step away. And and I wasn't publishing. You know, I, I was not, my novel was, I was just kind of, uh, stumped to, to say to say the least. So what I did is I resigned. I stepped away. I moved back home with my with my folks. You know they allowed me to come back home after many years. So I moved back to my bedroom and I decided to just write. I took a part time job, did what I needed to do, lived off savings for a while, and I landed the deal with Disney probably about two years after I moved back to Rochester. Oh, that's wonderful. So the book is for two books. So the second book is due out uh, uh, hopefully the end of summer 2020, and it is called Forever This Summer. It would be my uh, second book. It, it's a sequel, so it okay. does follow Georgie and Peaches and, and their blended family um, as they go as they travel to Bogalusa, Louisiana, to um, – to connect with their great aunts. So I love the 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 generations that I, I right. get to, to mingle. So there's the great aunts, there's the, the, the grandmom, the mom. So that is what I grew up with. Right, that whole extended the family. extended family. Um, and I love that. And, and I think uh, Forever This Summer deals more with that. And that will be my next book. I'm actually in the revision process now. And um, and hopefully, if all goes well, it'll be out end of summer. If if not, hopefully before you know around Christmas, twenty twenty. So, what advice would you give writers, whether they are trying to write a short story, are they you know if they're interested in being published? What advice would you give someone that believes they they have this talent, um, but they haven't really been able to bring it forward? Well, I love what you said about believe that they, they have the talent because that's one of the main things that you need is a belief in yourself because the rejection comes fast and, and <laughs> fast and furious <laughs> in, in publishing. And I'm talking about rejection after rejection along because I said I, I've written uh, four books that are that haven't published yet. They're still in my files on my computer. Um, and I hopefully one day um, to go back and, and revise those as well. But perseverance is, is one of the, the big things you need in a belief in yourself. Um, so once you have that thing, you're, you're ready to persevere. You have a belief that you can do that, to do what you love to do, because there's so many people that are going to tell you that you can't. Then you have to kind of learn learn your, your business. Right. Do you want to go the, the traditional publishing route? And people don't understand that was really all that I knew because – I, you know, the people that I read were traditional published, and uh, more than 10 years ago, the self-publishing market was not what it is now. So understand that is self-publishing now is booming. Um, self-published authors have have a, a, a chance to be just as, quote-unquote, successful as people who have traditionally published, but that market 10 years ago wasn't wasn't like that. So I grew up I'm only thinking about traditionally publishing, so um, but I am very happy now that that self-publishing has evolved to where it is now. So learn both, learn the traditional way of doing things. So in case that door opens up, and actually learn about self-publishing in case that's the way that you want to do it. But the 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 most important thing that I would advise is to whatever field you want to publish, 
read widely in that field. You know, read, 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 write, write, write. I try to wake up every morning. What I don't try, thank God, I I do. I wake up every morning at 5 a.m., you know, usually a little before 5, so I can write at 5. And there's been times where I've had a job at 8. Any Whatever I do, I, I'm up at 5 to do the writing. And then I do whatever else I have to do for the day. But you have to, to, to write. So it sounds like writing is a passion, and you've also made it a priority, I, I think, for not only just the purpose of writing a book, but also just for maybe some self-care or some it's, meditating. Or you know, some... it's, I think we, we all have gifts. Right. I do believe that. And to find your gift is a, is, is a blessing. Some of us, unfortunately, never hone into it or tap into it. Or maybe afraid to tap or, or in afraid, it. Or afraid, because fear. Because that fear of rejection. Fear. In, in any... Um, venue you go into right. is is more powerful than anything and it does stop a lot of people fear has stopped more people than rejection will ever stop them um so when you lose that fear when you have that belief in yourself and you lose the fear and some people I, i've heard people say oh I, I i received two or three rejections so i decided to stop or i decided to to do, go this route it doesn't mean that they don't love what they were doing is just that I don't think that they've made themselves aware that rejection is just part of this a part of you the know process. for every for every person that loves love light sky there's somebody out there waiting to to trash it unfortunately that's the nature that we live in with social media people have this access to you that they didn't have years ago so people can immediately give you feed give you give people feedback on anything whether it's warranted or not so you have to understand that and um and as a writer as an author I have learned that you're your face forward you have to be connected to social media to some degree um maybe in some areas you don't but i know with with um with a with a, a brand like disney with with love light sky and trying to spread that reach i'm i'm, I'm on twitter i'm on social media or well, i'm on twitter i'm on facebook i'm on instagram and people are not always nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you have yeah. to get you have to get used to that. So, but the main thing to back back to the that question of my advice to read to, to prepare yourself for rejection, to understand if this is your passion, nothing nothing should stop you. Well, I just like to thank um, Leslie C Youngblood from for sharing uh, her time with me today on Cookie's podcast and if you get a chance, whether you know a little girl, a young boy, a teenage girl or boy, or even if you just want to read it yourself, get a copy of Love Like Sky. Love Like Sky. And thank you very much. Thank was- you. Thank you for having me, Cookie. This has been a wonderful experience. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.